Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. In today's show, we're back. It's been a while, Ben. We've been gone for a while. It feels like it's been a while, but it's it's only been about a month. That's true. That's It does feel like a long time. Especially um, when we used to be here every week. We were yes. together, you know, we, we got together every week hanging out. It's, it's strange when it's like three, four, maybe five weeks where we don't hang out here. Right, right, totally. And... Um, one of the biggest things, and I wish I could have gone, you got to go to the festival in Florida, which this is what today's show is all about, right? Yeah, Spooky Empire was uh, October 21st to the 23rd, and it's like it's more geared to a like, horror con type of thing, but they had a big panel of Twin Peaks actors. I mean, I think there was about 14 uh, Twin Peaks actors at this event. And the big thing is Kyle McLaughlin was there. I mean, for 30 mm. years, he really doesn't attend these type of things. Like it's only recently, I think he attended another one recently, but he, it's been, this is a new thing for him. So, right. you know, here's what happened. This is a story just to get you into why did I go to this? Because it's Florida. I mean, it's, we live on the East coast, but that's still a, it's still a hike there. And, you know, you're going to have to get a hotel and it's a, big it's a big thing but my family has been talking about wanting to go to disney world for a while now i mean we're not somebody that wants to go every year but we thought like it would be a special thing for our i have three kids and and i thought just once maybe once in a lifetime for us so when i saw this event was happening in orlando florida i was like okay i can sell this to my family and we can make a whole (laughs) vacation trip out of this you know we took a long weekend and most of the time we went to Disney World and then I took a day or two here where I was able to sneak over to Spooky Empire where they had this Twin Peaks panel. And I was also a part of the VIP uh, like evening where I thought the VIP was just going to be Twin Peaks, but it invites all the horror people. But still, you see, there was a lot of actors who came by and you got to get pictures with them. And it was a, it was a you know what? It's a great time to to meet the stars, and that's why you kind of say you want to go. But it really is. I love the Twin Peaks fans. I love like our Twin Peaks friends and just hanging out with them, meeting new people. James, a friend of ours, I think he's he's left messages for us before. I spoke with him probably for like over an hour or two, just like wow. hanging out, talking about Twin Peaks. I mean, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was just a good time. I think, you know, we're going to next month, we're going to do a, the best of and I think maybe we can talk more about this. But today we were just going to feature uh, the panel, the, the Q&A. And this is available. Um, I mean, a lot of other people have recorded this. Our friend Steve Miller, he, you know, he was taking great group pictures. He also did uh, the video of of the panel. So I would recommend you go to Steve Miller's uh, YouTube channel and check out the video of this. But here, I mean, I was able to get into the the actual uh, mixing board of the panel. So I think it's pretty good sound that we get to hear here. So I thought it'd be great to share the Q&A of the Twin Peaks panel. That is awesome, Ben. I'm super excited you got to do it. I know you were a little nervous if it wasn't or was going to happen. Uh, I'm very happy that you got to do this and get to record this. So without further ado, here's the Q&A. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spooky Empire's Twin Peaks panel 2022. This panel is huge. There are 13 people today on the panel. I know a lot of you have a lot of questions. Uh, we're going to bring everybody out one by one. I'm going to start it off, and then when we're ready to go to audience questions, we are going to make an organized single-file line here in the middle with respect to people that are still seating, so try not to block their path. So I'm going to bring the cast out. Are you ready for this? 
Someone near and dear to my heart, one of my favorite characters in the show, our narrator, our giant, our fireman, Mr. Carl Stricken. All righty, he's Deputy Andy, bringing out the police force here. Sexy Deputy Andy, Mr. Harry Goes. And now to compliment Andy, we have the lovely Miss Kimmy Robertson, Lucy herself. And to finish off the police force, we're well not to finish off the police force, but to introduce our, our newest member of the police force, Mr. Dana Ashbrook, Deputy Bobby Briggs. Up next, Lana Milford from season two of Twin Peaks, we have Robin Lively. And in season, oh, I'm sorry, The Return is what I'm gonna call it. In The Return, we have a great Dougie side plot in Vegas and we need that. That is such a great part of the show and a, a world of terror. And the three girls that made this part of the story so special, we have Andrea Watrus, Amy Shields, and Giselle Demir. And she is Shelly, our favorite waitress. And I know we're all starving for some diner food, but uh, she is amazing. She, she was in Sleepwalkers, one of my favorite movies, and uh, The Witches of East End, etc. Machen Amick, Machen Amick, sorry, Machen. We have a lot of our first crushes, Ms. Audrey Horn, Ms. Sherilyn Fenn. This man is as sweet as he is scary as hell, but he's the most charming man I've ever met, Mr. Ray Wise, Leland Palmer. And a character so special to us, she is our Laura Palmer, Miss Cheryl Lee. And finally, he's the mayor of Portlandia, but to us he's our agent Dale Cooper, and scary Mr. C, and lovable Dougie, Kyle McLaughlin. I suppose you're wondering why I called you all here today. So all of you together, this is just an amazing event. I want to start things off and we're going to move quickly but I want from each and every one of you this was just an overnight success and when this was happening when you guys were just shooting your next gig and this became what it had become fast in your lives watching that happen what was that experience like for you just as it was happening did you gather with friends and watch along with everybody else had you already seen uh, ahead of air um, what was your experience for each person uh, as the show just grew uh, well, I, I was already a big fan, uh, and I don't think I've ever been as nervous uh, coming on the set as I was for Twin Peaks. And it was also the first time I met David Lynch, uh, because I had only seen the casting director before. And he walked up to me and shook my hand and said, everything is going to be peachy keen. <laughs> And that was the first time I'd ever heard that expression, so, yeah. Testing. Uh, well, I was very nervous because uh, Kyle was in Blue Velvet and found an ear. Is that it? <laughs> Wait, what was the question? As the show started to rise. Right, I got it, I'm just joking. But it was just really fun to, every time I opened the front door, there was another present there. 
<laughs> a basket of muffins, uh, upside down wine from Australia, um, reporters, <laughs> and uh, I was popular all of a sudden. Um, so personally, that was very, very unusual and strange because I was just a working person. Um, but they made us go to the, these different bars to watch the show all the time, and so I never saw it, really. <laughs> um, I'll have to, have to uh, watch it soon. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, peop I had people over to watch, like, the first, I think, the f first few episodes. I had, like, uh, friends and family and stuff like that over in my house. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, watching that, the dream sequence from, I think, the second episode in the first season. And, you know, us guys didn't know anything about the Red Room or anything. I didn't know anything. So that was, when I saw that, I was just like, man, that, I, that might be one of the best things I've ever seen on television ever in my life. That's really how I felt. So. Oh, yeah. I remember that party. That was the house where you and your girlfriend broke the bed. <laughs> that shit was probably Ikea, so really wasn't that much uh, effort. Well, I came in in second season. And uh, I was completely obsessed with the show and so intimidated. I was so excited when I got the audition. And um, the women were the most beautiful women I'd ever seen on the show. And I was like, how am I going to get on this show? And it was written that she was supposed to be so beautiful. And the, the men were just falling at her feet. And I'm like, how am I going to get on the show? So I decided to make Lana Southern. It wasn't written that way. And, um, and I thought, well, it's going to work or it's not. And it worked. And I was so excited. And it was an absolute dream come true. I just couldn't believe I was a part of this incredible show. And, and um, yeah, I just, I, I got on the show and I thought, oh, this is going to be, this is going to last forever. I can't believe I'm part of this incredible. And then it was, I, I got on and then it ended. I was like, what, am I, am I cursed? I think I was cursed. <laughs> anyway, and then Ray and I have worked together so many times. It's been so great. Like, I, I got a call from my agent, you know, and, and sent the script over called Northwest Passage. And... Uh, I read it through and I liked it a lot and uh, I, they set me up with a meeting with, uh, with David Lynch and uh, so I went into the meeting with David thinking I was going to maybe read for the sheriff, Sheriff Truman. How about that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was all set to maybe play Sheriff Truman. And then when I found out, after our little meeting, we talked about our first cars. What, uh, his was a Volkswagen, I think, and anyway. Um, and then, and then um, a couple of days later, I got the call, and he was interested in me playing Leland Palmer. And I had to go back to the script to look to see who Leland was again. <laughs> and, and, I, and I looked at the first scene, and. Uh, you know, I find out my daughter's dead, and I start crying, and, and then I go to the morgue and identify her body, and I start crying again, and, 
and then I, I'm in her room and the police are searching for her diary and other things and I'm crying again on the bed. <laughs> I said, all this guy does is cry. <laughs> and then, so the light went on in my head, I'm gonna have to find different levels of crying, <laughs> of mourning for my daughter. And uh, I, had, I had no idea what was to come, believe me. You found all the levels. Right? <laughs> Beautiful. One of the great performances. Uh, I'd like to see that audition tape. That would be sort of fun. <laughs> we would all have those if we all auditioned for other characters. What might that be like? That could be fun. Uh, <laughs> well, um, uh, David spoke to me about the script. And you're right, it was called Northwest Passage initially, originally. And he had written it with Mark Frost. And I think in the beginning, I was David's guy for Cooper. I think he just, that was going to be it, un, kind of unspoken. And then, but Mark was, the, was um, the wild card in it. And so I had to have a, uh, had lunch with Mark so he could meet me, actually, and just, he, so he could be on board with the idea of me playing Dale Cooper. So we went to the Border Grill in Los Angeles, um, sat down, had a very nice lunch, and... Uh, I guess I convinced him because uh, the next day all, we were all systems go. So uh, that's how I, how I came aboard. So Border Grill, Mark Frost, lunch. <laughs> Dale Cooper, there you go. Um, I was living in Seattle at the time and I just got a call that David was in town and there was this whole secret mysterious thing and would I go meet him to um, play a dead girl, and so I said, yeah, absolutely. So um, that was it. I just, he asked if, if I would, could be wrapped in plastic and put in cold water and painted gray, and um, <laughs> that's how it happened. Hi. Um, for me, it just was another audition, but only with a genius this time. Um, and making a long story short, somebody had said to me as a new young actress, when you go meet directors, be yourself. Don't think that you have to put on a show or behave a certain way. If you're kind of bitchy or you have a sense of humor, they've all heard this boring story. So whoever you are, be that person. Well, I was kind of shy when I first met people, and then it's David Lynch. I'm like, fuck, do I do this, you know? And, and, and so I was myself, and he just talked a lot and asked a lot of questions and oh you little sweet pea and um and then so i left i mean i thought it went okay the casting director yelled at my manager and said i should have been more positive <laughs> like like well that didn't work um and they called a week later and said he's writing you a role and so there was this, this little role that i was so grateful to get like beyond. And then I fell in love with Special Agent, Audrey fell in love with Special Agent Dale Cooper. I cried my eyes out when I saw him a few days ago. I'm like, whoa. Embarrassing. So I was uh, new to Hollywood. I was only 17, 18, 17. Uh, and I was filming the pilot to Baywatch. 
And uh, I was supposed to go down. I had gone in for Joanna Ray, our incredible casting director, a bunch of times on a bunch of different stuff. And she's very particular who she takes uh, to David. And um, so I was supposed to go down and, and meet David. And I only knew David from Blue Velvet and this very strange film, Dune. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so that guy's doing TV? That's weird. But I, so, uh, and I was super late on set and I was super worried that I wasn't gonna make it, but they waited and I read with Eric, uh, Joanna's son, and um, I read for Lara Flynn Boyle's part, Donna, and, um, and we read and it was, great, but sort of like at the end of the meeting, David just said, do you want to do a TV show with me? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, that's, that's history. It's, and we, I think one of the question too was like, did you, were you aware of it? As it was happening, as it was happening, how was that experience? And I wasn't, I wasn't at all. Like I watched with friends at home and, you know, talked to my family and stuff, but it wasn't until like the trip to New York for upfronts, that it was all of a sudden like an entire Manhattan was just surrounding us. We're just like, whoa. Uh, and, then, and then the invitation for um, uh, Phil Donahue, and I was like, oh, we made it. Oh, we made it. I think by the time we came around, we knew what big of a deal it was, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, they didn't tell me what I was auditioning for, but they did say it was a Showtime revival, so uh, I'm a massive Twin Peaks fan, and I did know Showtime was doing a Twin Peaks revival, so I thought just in case that's what it is, I'll wear my, what I call my Laura Palmer sweater, and make sure to mention I'm from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and uh, it worked, so. <laughs> Thanks so much for inviting me along with all these amazing original cast members. It's a real honor. Um, how I ended up getting involved was ages ago, over a decade ago, I was living in London and my agent called me to say, this casting director, Joanna Ray, is in town and she's requested to meet you. So I looked up her resume and I'm like, how? Why? How has she heard of me? So I go in and, and she says all these really wonderful things. She's like, I've got this star beside your name. And I've wanted to meet you for a very long time and I'm finally in London. And I said, are you sure you got the right person? <laughs> Why? But it turns out that she um, had seen a screen test I did for Randall Wallace, which the film never went. And uh, she said, Amy, if you ever come to LA, I'd really love to introduce you to David. I just think you're perfect to, to collaborate with him on something. So then I moved to, to LA some years later and I called her up and I was like, hey, Joe, I'm here. And she looked after me. Um, and then I met David and Candy came about. But as you were saying, the second part of the question, did I know it was gonna change anything? Well, I don't really come into it until episode 10 and I had no idea what episodes I was gonna be in. And I was mortified because I had done a bunch of press about working with him. And every week I was watching it with my two pals going, oh my God, I'm not in this show, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed, I'm so embarrassed. Um, and then I, I remember the first episode that I'm properly in, I think it's 10 or 11, I decided just not to watch it. <laughs> I was in London and I woke up to my phone exploding and Owen, one of the other cast members, had sent me a photo of me walking into the office and I thought, oh my God, thank God. My, at least my mom will be happy now.
Um, my experience was similar to Giselle's where I got the audition and instead of reading anything, the audition was tell me about yourself, which at the time I'd never heard of, but <laughs> now, now I go, oh, I see, because David Lynch doesn't actually cast actors, he casts people, he wants to see how you talk, how your face moves, he's really specific. And when I got to set, it was the most surreal experience. It's six years later and it's still the most surreal experience and I feel so grateful to be up here with all these people that I look up to. And I love these two girls. <laughs> One of, uh, one of the most effective characters in the show is, is The Music by Angelo Badalamenti. And my question for anyone that wants to answer is dur during the scenes or during the shooting of the show, before takes, did David, especially, uh, well, hold on one second. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, something's happening. Um, but Sherilyn, especially, uh, I know every time we see Audrey, there's a theme and a rhythm to the scene. And uh, did David play any of the music on set? Was any of it pre-composed, not during the take, but for just kind of uh, to, to get people to kind of get in that sort of mood? Uh, did Angelo or David play anything uh, before takes? And he, he, he didn't, except when he, in the second, episode he rewrote that whole scene in the coffee shop yeah. and then said and you're gonna dance at the end and I was like why <laughs> I'm in the coffee shop <laughs> like I'm just gonna get up and start dancing right. and he said because we wrote you a song and it's Audrey's theme and you're just gonna groove and you're gonna love it and I'm like okay <laughs> he's staying I actually <laughs> called my teacher I was so nervous because you know you come all prepared I'm like what do I do he's like yeah. listen to David Lynch okay just yeah, listen yeah. and do what he says yeah the, the music's so iconic and I know Dana uh in the return when you first walk in you know, as Deputy Bobby Briggs, and, uh, and all of us are surprised because, uh, you know, Bobby killed a guy. But anyway, you go, <laughs> you go in, and when you see uh, Laura's picture and you start to cry, uh, I don't, I'm assuming all of us in the room felt this. I mean, that was a, a punch in that uh, your reaction. Did David just kind of cry, or was it more of just, did it hit you personally as, wow, we're back on this show? It's been 25 um, years. It was just written that way. I have said this. So I told a bunch of people today, or at my table over the weekend, but it's just written that way. It was like Bobby walks into the office, he sees a picture of Laura Palmer on the table, and Bobby cries, and that was it. And I just, just had to try and not mess it up. Yeah. Kyle, in the return, this had to be a wonderful actor's playground for you tackling the three very different uh, roles in the show. How exciting was this to not only come back to the show, but then go, oh, David, you, you have me doing everything under the sun in this, in this run. Exciting? Uh, <laughs> How much pressure? <laughs> <laughs> Frightening, scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a gift that David gave to me. Um, and, you know, I've been doing this for a while, and I know I feel pretty capable. I can sort of handle anything that comes along, except when I read Mr. C, I said, well, I've never done anything like this. And I gotta find this, this person in, in me. And I was like, and if I don't find it, if it doesn't, I knew if it didn't work, the show wasn't gonna work. So, a <laughs> little pressure. <laughs> but I had an ace in the hole. I was working with David Lynch. So, 
together we, we basically built Mr. C. Actors will know from the outside in we actually built him. And, uh, and then that created, of course, an interior life, um, starting with just his look, with that jacket, and that really just wrong hair. <laughs> That was so perfect, um, down to the little detail of the pin in the back. I mean, there was, everything was very, very specific and thought through. Um, and then when we added um, a little bit of a kind of a dirt effect on his face, that just sort of sold it for me. I was like, I, when, I, when I look at that, I'm like, that's it. And then I, I, we, we added also, I think it was my suggestion, I said, this guy's a shark. And I said, I think that his eyes have got, there's no life there. So I said, let's put a little... Um, contact in and just uh, help that and, uh, and that also sort of moved the character closer to what I wanted. It gives him an, also an otherworldly kind of quality which I thought was important. Um, so that was, and that was David and I kind of working together and then Dougie was just, uh, <laughs> there, was, I, I, there was an exercise that I did in school years ago when I was in training and it was uh, called Object Discovery. And uh, so it's, uh, it's as if you're seeing something for the first time and you, don't, you have no idea what it is or what it does. It's like a baby. You're a baby, basically. Um, until you sort of, it's some, something about it attracts, attracts you and you interact with it. And that was pretty much Dougie. Um, so it was just finding that every day with David, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then the goal for me was always to try to make him laugh on every take. So whatever I did as Dougie, my goal was to make David break up because of what I was doing. The other thing about Dougie is, was it took a lot of courage, I found, to be so still and to not do anything. Because as actors, we like to do stuff, you know, at least I do. I like to fill the moment. And this was like, eh, no fill in the moment. You're just, you're there and people are looking at you and if they're uncomfortable and you're, it's just the way it goes. So I took a lot of courage to try and do that. And then um, finally when we got to Cooper, I didn't consciously think about what he might be like 25 years later. I just said, I'm different. He'll be different. So, and I just went into it with the same kind of personality, I guess, as I had with the first guy. So, uh, and that, and it came out as it came out. So, it was sort of an interesting process. And then there were some little other little fun pieces along the way. The f um, fat Dougie was a lot of fun. <laughs> just to be able to pat your belly like that was really fun. I enjoyed that. That was good. So. Well, incredible performances, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And I uh, cannot say the incredible performance without Cheryl. Uh, especially, let's specifically point out when, when on the evening Maddie was killed, and on network TV, that scene, which had to be the scariest scene ever aired on network TV, that day, I know, was not a happy day. David, from what I'm told, is filled with. The, the love and family that he brings to the set, did, is that vital, especially on a day like that where you have to scream all day, you have to go through this all day? From what I understand, there were three different ways of shooting that scene, three different killers, to kind of throw off any spoilers that may happen. Getting through that, how did David, the feel of David that he brings to set, like did, did that, the mental place, how easy is that and how hard is that to shut off when you go home? Your performance is incredible. Well, I was really tired. Oh, I bet. <laughs> At the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, those days just, they take a lot of focus because it has to be really choreographed. And I was working with great actors. 
So um, I was in good hands, and you know, you you just know those days are what they are, and you do them, and you focus on what the stunt people tell you to do, and be safe, and you take the emotional journey, and trust the people that you're working with. She was killed by three different people that day, by me, Leland, by uh, Ben Horn, and by Bob, Frank Silva, because uh, David didn't want even the crew to know who the real killer of Laura Palmer was. And so she, she had to go through having her face smashed into the wall by three different people. And, uh, and it was, I remember it was a long day, 12, 14 hours, I think. And, you know, we all needed a massage afterwards, you know, and uh, <laughs> to wind down. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite an experience. I have a follow-up question. I, I, so did you know who... So you just had to give it everything for all oh. three versions. Oh, that day? I did know. Did, was it the day before that we found out? It was only like the day before, right? I think yeah, it was, it was only the, yeah, the day before Yeah, it was the, the, the day before, it. yeah. So it was, was right, it hard for it was right you after the Emmys to bring it? In which we didn't win any. <laughs> I, I remember. Oh, I, I, we might have won a technical one, but we, we were up for 14 Emmys and we didn't oh, win it. Uh, L.A. Law was the big show that year. And where is that now? Yeah. Where is that now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or should I? Yes. Yes, yes, oh. yes. The day before, I got, I, I got a message from uh, that David wanted to see me up in this room in our, in our production facility. And I came into the room, and it was rather dark. I, th I think there was a lava lamp in the corner. <laughs> and, and, and David and Mark were sitting cross-legged on the floor, and Richard Beamer and myself and Cheryl, we all came in and we all got down on the floor, cross-legged, and, and David looked at me and he reached out and touched my knee and he said, Ray, it's you, it's always been you. I remember at that moment, I thought, no, shit. <laughs> I did not want it to be me. I did not want to leave town. I knew I'd have to go to jail or be killed or whatever, and I did not want that to happen. But then David assuaged my feelings by saying, I would die in Cooper's arms. <laughs> and he would read the Tibetan Book of the Dead over me. And I would look down that long tunnel and see the white light and my daughter Laura would be at the end of it with her arms outstretched to me and she would forgive me. <sighs> he painted such a picture that I no longer felt badly about leaving the show. And then I hoped I could come back in the third season. <laughs> but that's another story. Um, can I say <clears throat> yes, something? Please. I've never told you this before, Shirley, or anyone actually ever, but for some reason I was called in to work that day 
and I was there the entire day. And I watched from a little crack in the fireplace. <laughs> I watched you shoot all three of those scenes. And I had... <laughs> when I got home that night, I never did work. I don't know why I was called in to work. There was no reason. There was nothing I was mi missing. No interview that the producer didn't want me to do, so he called me into work. So I went home and just sat on my back porch like in a stupor because I couldn't tell anybody or talk to anybody. And I've never told anybody this, but I remember saying out loud, Ray should win an Emmy, Shirley should win an Emmy. No, what's bigger than an Emmy? And I just, I was so impressed. It was so frightening. I was really, it was crazy. And we are, I know a lot of you have questions, so we're going to line up in just a sec. But first, because we just ended on kind of a downer, my bad. <laughs> right. You know, my friend Ray, he, what people don't know is at night, he sneaks out and he goes to the jazz club and he croons for people and he's amazing. And that's made up, but he does have an amazing voice. And I think before we do audience questions, I think Ray should sing us out of the dark into the light to lead up to our audience questions. What do we say? Dude, can you give us a little, a little ditty, Ray? As my oh, friend no, for me, I, please. I'm sorry, I can't. Oh, Mazzy Dotson Dotson Dotson, little Lamsy Divey, a kiddly Divey too, wouldn't you? Oh, Mazzy Dotson Dotson Dotson, little Lamsy Divey, a kiddly Divey too, wouldn't you? And though the words sound queer and funny to your ear, a little bit jumpy and jivey, say mares eat oats and does eat oats and little lambs eat ivy. <laughs> oh, mares eat oats and does eat oats and little lambs eat ivy. A kiddly ivy too, wouldn't you? A kiddly ivy too, wouldn't you? Thank you for being a good sport, Ray. Now, for those of you that have questions, uh, we have about maybe 15 minutes where we can do this. So please line up in a, in a nice order, be kind and courteous to each other, and be respectful with your questions. Please keep in mind, this is David Lynch's world. We enjoy secrets, but any questions you have about their experience on the show, go for it. Hi, Ben Durant from Twin Peaks Unwrapped Podcast. This is for Kyle or Cheryl. In Firewalk With Me, the angels are not in the first two scripts of Firewalk With Me. Any idea how the angels may have come, been part of the movie? Yes. Can you share it with us? No. Now, as I said, there are secrets, and we need to keep them. You're going to have to ask the angels. Cheryl, was it you that asked for the angels? You're going to have to ask the angels. Uh, as we all know, Twin Peaks is different. As we all learned recently, Laura is the one. But she's not just one, she is many. And this community, these fans are different. And we are many. And we often find Twin Peaks 
not only by going there and attending these things, but looking into the eyes of all of you and each other. And my question is, when you look at us, what do you see and how do you feel? And how, for those who have been here a long time, how has that evolved into this? You just made me cry. Um, yeah, we are so beautiful. grateful and thankful for you guys. You are... Um... <laughs> Keisha, where's my Kleenex? <laughs> I only expected for me to cry. <laughs> no, um, we're so thankful for you because you have um, allowed us to continue to come together like this and... Um, have these reunions, and you are what inspired that third season on Showtime. It was because of the incredible following that the world took notice and saw that, okay, this story can continue, and the fans want more, so I just have, have thank you. And you made me cry. Where's that Kleenex? <laughs> you guys, what I think, and I always tell everyone, is you guys, the Twin Peaks fans, you know, they're a love, it's just love. And you guys are artistic and you guys are, you know, quirky and fun and interesting people and just all the love. It's just, you guys love and it's just, it's definitely symbiotic, it's back and forth, man. And that's the way I've always felt. So thanks to you guys, thank you for that. I think um, just to add to that, um, we are all here, I think, touched by the genius of David Lynch. And I think, um, and I think it takes a certain person to, to respond to, it's not, David's not for everyone, but to respond to his work. And this is a room full of people that have been touched by David, so thank you. Thank you for that, that was awesome. Well, wait, one thank more thing. For... That's why I always call you all our sacred family. Because as Kyle said the same thing, not everybody gets it. I joke, but my mom hates it. You know, she just wants to, he's weird. He does all this stuff. I'm like, oh, mom, David doesn't care what you think, you know, but anyway, um, before I ever attended a show, I had fear. Like, oh, is it safe? <laughs> so stupid, right? All these different things. And then it's become really connecting and looking in people's eyes and sharing on a deep level. And people have given me their perspective of what, what touched them and how, what it meant to them. And you can't ask for more than that as an actor. <laughs> you know, that's what you do it is to tell stories. So God bless all of you. We love all of you. As a newbie, I just want to thank you guys for welcoming us so warmly. You know, it's intimidating enough coming on someone else's show, never mind the greatest show that's ever been. And between the cast and the fans, you guys have been so welcoming. You're brainiacs, you're genius, you're beautiful, you're fun. You're just everything an actor could hope for. So thank you. I'm a huge fan of the show and have so many questions and the only thing that comes to mind is Nomi's got heat. So I wanted to ask Mr. Laughlin, when you were shooting Showgirls, was there a point where you thought I might not get an Oscar? That wasn't me. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. <laughs> 
I don't know who it was, but it wasn't me. <laughs> I love Showgirls. I love it. I love it. So. Well, that was a fun adventure. It was a detour, a nice detour. Showgirls. <laughs> Own it. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, hello. Thank you for being here. Um, Miss Lee, the show definitely has a lot of you know, strange, strange and surreal moments, and there's definitely a few red herrings. Um, was there ever a point before finding out who killed Laura Palmer that you really, you know, had your own kind of ideas or um, inflection on, on who that may be or what you kind of thought you would see in the future? Oh yeah, I had my ideas of who I thought it was. <laughs> so sneaky. Um, all along. Um, no, no. Yeah, I wanted it to be anybody else, but <laughs> not you. It would have been him, maybe. Uh, I would have gone for Bobby. No, too obvious. Andy. <laughs> anybody? Didn't everybody ask. I mean, I like asked right away. It's not Audrey, is it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> he just wouldn't tell any of us. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Hello. Um. It's like seeing all my favorite people ever. Some of my first heart thoughts. <laughs> um, I have a question. It's kind of for Miss um, Fenn, but um, some of the characters are such lovable characters, Cooper and Audrey, and then such horrible things happen to you guys. <laughs> and particularly, I think of particularly uh, Miss uh, Audrey Horn. Um, what was it like hearing about the fate of these characters, and uh, why do you think, I guess, they, had, they ended up having the fates that they did. You mean the return? Yes. For me individually, I felt, well, I didn't even find out till after we shoot that he raped her. I mean, I didn't, it's crazy. You know? So you go into something and you just give everything that you have to give and sometimes you don't have the facts, you know? Twin Peaks is the greatest show of all time. <laughs> My question is spe specifically to start with Kyle, because Kyle, you've worked with David the most, um, but then anybody else can answer if you've got something to say. Uh, I'm an aspiring filmmaker director myself, and I just wonder for you guys, and Kyle, for you specifically, what is your experience when you as an actor are doing something and David wants something different than what you're doing? and he has to talk to you and direct you into what his vision is, what makes him unique in that. He doesn't really talk much, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I've got to say, with David, um, from the beginning, the script is a pretty good blueprint uh, for all of the characters to follow. I don't think anyone, uh, it's pretty clear. On what, what's going on and then I think I just trust and I think we all do that David uh, sees in us what he wants it's already there so we just have to just kind of be who we are like you said you show up and you're yourself you know and uh, uh, given the circumstances that you go through of course those change things but David has always been if, if anything um, uh, less is more kind of a director for me. Um, I've spoken a little bit about some of the terminology that he shares with me uh, from time to time to encourage a certain difference and he will upon times, although he doesn't do it that much anymore, say it needs more mystery 
like sometimes, or more Elvis. Sometimes that's one of my favorites, actually. Um, and uh, or it needs, and then it's always with the hand gesture, a little wind. It needs some wind, you know. So I'm like, okay, all right. So I just absorb that, and uh, and it changes the next take. Uh, and I'm not really sure how or why, but he always seems to be pleased. So, <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> Thank you. Before, before we go to the next question, I do want to say that uh, we do have time for a few more questions, but fear not because we are around, we're at our booths. Please come meet them and say hello, and you can ask more questions if you'd like, but we just have to kind of get, get ready to wrap things up, so go right ahead. Hey there, thanks all so much for being here. This is so cool. <laughs> uh, I was telling Cheryl Lee yesterday that I'm a school counselor for 10th grade, and I, for Halloween I have a Twin Peaks display in my office. And so one of my students comes in, she's like, why do you have all these owls? Why is there a log there? And then she sees where it says Twin Peaks, and she's like, Twin Peaks? I thought that was a restaurant. And so I was curious if y'all, any of y'all have ever eaten Twin Peaks. Next question. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Has anybody uh, had the Twin Peaks restaurant? No. Apparently there's a... No, I've seen them online, though. It's Isn't not that... licensed, it's not official, but it is no. a Twin Peaks sports bar. <laughs> yeah, there's a Twin Peaks restaurant in San Francisco. Right, yeah. 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 There totally are Twin I Peaks restaurants. I heard because Vegas, they, they, they never got it incorporated. Right, right. <laughs> or they're like the name, to own the name and time, and then they open these freaking restaurants. Yeah. My, my grandparents lived in Twin Peaks. Yeah. When I was doing, doing the first season, I showed David Lynch a postcard that was Mr. and Mrs. John Robertson, Twin Peaks, California. And he went, yeah. aces. <laughs> Is there any projects that maybe you've worked on as an actor, as a producer, that you wish more people knew about, that you want to bring more awareness to? Other projects that you've worked on? Well, I'll just plug myself right now. Yeah! I just directed my first feature film. Yeah! Thank you! <laughs> uh, it'll, uh, we just finished post. I'm so excited. And um, we'll start hitting the festival circuit. And the name of it is My Name Is. And uh, it's got a very cool um, mental health kind of theme to it. I'm not going to give you too much, but uh, it was really important for us as the filmmakers to tell a mental health story that is not these like stereotypical, uh, I think goes into creating more stigma in Hollywood and showing um, somebody's real experience that's, that's diverse and beautiful and complicated. And so please watch out for it. <laughs> Similar to that, not really. Uh, I did a film over a decade ago, and it's possibly the worst thing you have ever seen in your life. We shot it in Egypt, I was kidnapped at one point for four hours, and everything went wrong. And we thought it was buried forever, but the director has somehow clawed it back and has remixed it. Um, and against all of our teams trying to squash it, they are going to release it in Toronto. So uh, watch out for that. And you can count how many times parts of my costume just dissolve. And by the end of the movie, I think I'm really tanned and blonde hair, and at the start, I'm a redhead, really white hair. Enjoy. 
Thank you very much. They are the sweetest guys. Those two guys are so sweet. This is my story. We were, um, I think because of weather or something, we had to get this shot. And um, what's the sweet lead guy's name? What's his name? Rodet. Yes, Rodet. So anyway, James knew I was so desperate to see this tennis final. Like he moved it and sent me to the sports bar. He says, just hang out, you can watch the final, and then they ended up not losing me, or using me at all that day. It was just a really fun thing, and it was one of the times when a, a, a lot of us got back together, and it was out of his love for the show. I remember we were sitting in the bar with him once, and he had like little cheery eyes, and he's like, I can't believe you're all sitting here. He was very proud of himself for, for getting us the group he did. He was well, and fun for us, because we played husband and wife, which was crazy because we, you know, in Twin Peaks, we didn't have any scenes together. And then I got to meet Cheryl Lee, and you, you and I didn't have scenes together, but it was really special. And then Ray and I got, what? Ray was like, he, you were just reprising a character you'd already done on the show, On the right? show, yeah. yeah. Within the Twin Peaks episode. And just really recently in, the, in uh, the Psych 3 movie, too. So that was really special. Yeah, you know, those two guys are crazy, Jill Roday and Dulé Hill. And they're a lot of fun to work with, and uh, like like she said, James was a big fan really of Twin good, Peaks, yeah. so he wanted to have us on his show. Because in Twin Peaks, I of course was 19, and I was saddled with like old, old, old men, and there was like scenes where I was like, oh, and I was having to make out. Literally, it was written that I was supposed to be making out with with my husband. I was like, really? Do I really have to do that? Thankfully, they just had me kissing all over their face, but I was like, I can't. I, what, what, am I, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do this? <laughs> so yeah, so the show Psych, Dual Spires, check that episode out. It's really great to see them all together again. Uh, we are about to wrap up. I do want to recommend one more watch for all of you. Has anybody seen the Beach House music video for Wishes with Ray Wise? It's really incredible. <laughs> and it is not your average high school halftime football show. That's all I'm saying. Watch that video. Uh, one thing that I want to say to you before we end is uh, David was quoted as saying, I love Twin Peaks and its world. And right now you're looking at a room that we love Twin Peaks and its world. Thank you Thank so you much everybody. for being part of it. Thank you, everybody. What a fun panel. <laughs> I actually ran up there the first person to ask the question. I was like, I mean, the great thing with part of VIP is you're like the first few rows you get to sit at to watch this panel. And then I got to run up there and be the first person to ask about these. The, why did were there angels in Firewalk with me with there not being uh, in the script? And Cheryl Lee basically said I had to talk to David Lynch about that. But at least I asked because, I mean, I think Cheryl Lee was the only other person I thought maybe that could give us the answer other than yeah. David Lynch. Because I always I always thought maybe she was kind of like, David, this is a downer. Can we do anything to make it better? And I don't know. That's always been my theory that maybe Cheryl Lee kind of wanted the angels. But I don't know. But we know that's not the truth because it was in the in the script. No, it wasn't in the script. That's the thing. That no? it's not, oh yeah, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it's not in it, at the, end of, at the yeah. end of the script. There is no angels. That I mean, the scripts we've seen. There's one script where uh, Cooper is sitting. No, Laura is sitting in Cooper's lap, and then I don't know. The other one is I think she's just happy. But I, oh, there's yeah, no yeah, angels yeah. that that yeah. descend and save her in, in in the sense. So I always thought 
I mean, there's talk about um, Renette, the actress who uh, there about how she wasn't sure she wanted to to return to do this. And David Lynch says, oh, you know, what if we give you an angel and then mm. would you come back? But I still I I my theory is that David Lynch already thought about the angels before mentioning it to this actress. I kind of think that like he had these ideas of the angels then. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think this is a David Lynch idea because of the painting. Those angels are from sure. that picture. Yeah. So well, why is it not in the first two scripts? Like, what finally changed his mind? And well, and who knows? We have he read multiple. Yeah, like David Lynch is pretty crazy, and like early scripts are just brainstorming. So right. it just because it wasn't there doesn't mean. I mean, obviously it was added later, but like you know, it's he's brainstorming. He's thinking things through, and you know how David Lynch works. Just because you get you write a script doesn't mean you have to follow it. And he can have a better idea the day of on the set, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's all interesting. And I'm glad you got to ask that. Yeah. So it was a fun panel. It was great to see all those people on the stage. It was too short, I think. You know, it's always so hard because you only, you know, I think I'm trying to remember if it was an hour long, but it felt short. It felt like, yeah. can you guys stay longer? We, and I don't think every, everybody didn't get to ask the questions they wanted. And like they could have gone another hour, but. Still, that weekend to me is it's all about the Twin Peaks friends, seeing James Ellis, seeing Aaron Cohn, seeing Stephen Miller, seeing so many new people. And it's all about that. That's what I enjoy. I mean, sometimes I'm, I wish I was a younger person. Didn't I wasn't so busy with my family. I would love to have just spent the weekend with them just talking about Twin Peaks. But it was a good time. I missed you. People missed you. Like, it would be great to something close by. Um, right. There's something I have my fingers crossed. Hartford, they're going to be doing the HorrorCon, which is something they just announced this year. There's a potential there that at Hartford, Connecticut, we could be getting somebody. I don't know. That would be something. Yeah. So that in 2023, that would be great in our own backyard. Yeah. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Something I bring up on the on the show here that like I, just for fun I've been doing on Twitter. You know, I'm still on Twitter. I know, I know. There's many people who are leaving Twitter. Um, I dropped it. I, I knew. I didn't know if I wanted to say that, but you dropped it. Oh yeah, I'm proud. I'm a proud dropper of Twitter. I don't care. Doesn't mean I can't still have a good time there. I, I mean, I pass no judge. My log passes no judgment. People, can yes. be, I don't judge anybody. My personal opinion was, I'm out. Right. That's that's just me. Yeah. yeah. So something I've been thinking about for a long time, I think I shared this with you and I just started doing it about creating a Twin Peaks gift every day. Mm-hmm. Once a day, give a gift. And or do I they like say it. GIF? Some people say GIF. But yeah, the animated. If you're crazy, GIF. you say GIF. Yes. <laughs> it's a gift. And you see the ones that have been already pre-made and they're fine. But a lot of times they feel like they're not the, the scenes that I want. Like it's mm. not the it's not the Twin Peaks scene that I want to see. Like I want to do one new GIF every day. And really, I always want the community to be involved. And so I started posting about it. It's like, what would you like to see? And I got a long list of things that people want to see. And nice. I got a document listed. And every day I'll schedule them out so that because I can't do it every day. But if I actually right. schedule it to be, you know, one every day. And you should see the community, though. They really took up with it. It's like, oh, what about this? Like, one of them was like Bobby go- going backwards from the pilot. And That's somebody found that, like, you know, somebody had a gif of the, the Fire Walk With Me one. And so I created one of Bobby in the pilot going backwards and stuff like that. Then somebody else was like, I, you know, I think it was Cameron there uh, from uh, Noxious and Anonymous. 
was saying, oh, but what if you can combine them together? And so I combined them together. So you have an anime gif of both of Bobby's from Firewalk with Me and the pilot going backwards together. But these are nice. fun things. Like it was just, it was great just yeah. to see the community excited and, and wanting to do something. So every day, that's what I'm planning on doing is, is a new gif just for fun. And and, and we take, keep taking suggestions because, you know, next week we're going to need something, uh, some new ideas. I wasn't. I was just going to ask. You're doing this currently. I thought. I thought maybe this was going to be part of your Christmas because gifts, gift giving, ah. Christmas time. I thought this was going to be a Christmas thing. But, but. I like uh, Dale Cooper is like every day yes. give yourself a present, and so this is an ongoing thing. I don't know if I can do it for a year. I don't know if I can do it for a month. But for now, I'm just. Gonna, I just want to do it every day, just because. Nice. I mean, it doesn't awesome. take that much time, and it's just a great way to talk about things. And right. I'm a very visual person. I think a lot of people are that like yeah. to be able to see this. Like, oh, I was thinking of this scene. But anyways, I wanted to share that because if so, if people were interested in, and say, hey, I want to see that gift, you know, you're happy. You can you can email us. I love the idea. I'm sorry I left Twitter because now I wish I was back on to see this. But you know, I can still see them. I'm just not logged in. Uh, but if and you... if you want them on Facebook, I'm happy to send you the gifts and. I, that would be awesome. You can text them to me and I can post them on Facebook. Um, like that would be amazing. I think people would like that. Even on Reddit. I'm I'm mostly, you know, uh, on on Facebook. I'm actually not on social media right now. Like I deleted Good for my you. Twitter. Good for you. And Facebook, I've only go on to post uh, you know, like uh podcast related things, but I I'm just off social media. I go on YouTube. If you count you that, plugged. yeah, I it feel kind of good and freeing. So, but I do miss everybody on Twitter. It, it is a great community. And if you have a comment, question, or a GIF idea for us, give us an email at twinpeaksunwrapped at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twinpeaksunwrapped. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. We're also, I, I post on Reddit. We have a YouTube channel. You can check us out there. And we're pretty much on all podcast platforms. Our next podcast will be coming at December 19th. It's going to be part one of our best of Twin Peaks in 2022. So we're going to have a lot of surprises, a lot of uh, interesting stuff. And Ben will be talking more about his trip to the Twin Peaks convention this past October. So we hope you guys join us and we'll see you then.